This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I don't think we like your um, your station. It's not very good. I don't know that Akila. She sounds kind of nasally. And AJ, uh, well, he actually sounds, uh, sounds like a dick. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I got so much love in that IG story. That it, we are so dumb. We thought it'd be so funny if we pranked our producer. Actually, you started it. I'm I, I'm very very funny. And then I f- held behind you. Well, just for reference, so good morning, welcome to the morning beat. By the way, so that was what was that two days ago? I think Monday morning. Monday. And we were a little bit giddy. We were in uh, Denver for Pride this weekend. I was exhausted. My flight got in late Sunday night, and then we start the show at six a.m. Uh, and so we forgot our key card and decided <laughs> to call our producer, but tried to prank call him to the studio number because that way he wouldn't know who was actually calling him. Right? No caller ID. Actually, it does list your number. Just not my but, name. But you know not his number name, by heart? Yeah, yeah, my number. I actually know both of your numbers by heart. You're crazy. That's no, weird. I know a lot of people's numbers by heart. Oh, I know three. I know nobody's. I, I know my own. True story. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner of almost nine years, I learned his phone number about a year and a half ago. No idea what it was. I didn't even know the area code. Okay. <laughs> That's so good that you know. Uh, but I feel like a lot of people share that sentiment. Yeah. Why do you need to know numbers anymore? All you need to know is that we're about to have a great time. We're so glad you're here uh, hanging out with us this morning. We're kicking things off in about 12 minutes with a conversation about a drag queen uh, who is being accused of sexual assault. Uh, but there are, are very... Mm, kind of murky details uh, in this case. Uh, Turns out she was performing and slipped and fell on one of the patrons, and that patron was not very happy about it. Yeah. Apparently, they were in the wrong place. Uh, They got the the wrong memo. They showed up at a drag show and and didn't know what that entails because anything can happen at a drag show. We all know that. Um, Also... Just a fun reminder, I guess, what's coming out today. We've got a couple guests on our show. Eve Plum. uh, Also, uh, Kylie Sonique Love uh, from Dragging the Classics. Brady Bunch today available on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, Eve Plum, of course, the original Jan Brady. Uh, Sonique playing Jan Brady in this sort of reimagined Brady Bunch. Uh, Nina West also involved as Alice. If that's not the most perfect casting, I don't know what is. Totally. Now, we've got them on the show today as well. And then also we've got uh, Samuel Garrett-Pate, our political expert, calling in to talk about the Supreme Court. Are they liberal, actually? Like, what's what's going on at the Supreme yeah. Court? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of amazing. I'm not going to complain. I know Trump appoints three justices, and we're getting uh, cases turning out not like we'd expected. It's actually the most unanimous Supreme Court we've had in decades, oddly enough, this session. So uh, he's calling in to share his expert advice and thoughts on the Supreme Court. Michaela, 
Ready for some news on the beat? I'm ready, honey. Take it away. All right. Well, it's been nearly a week since Miami area condo building partially collapsed and two burning questions remain. How could this happen and why is it taking so long to find victims in the destruction? Falling and shifting debris, the sheer volume of wreckage and other dangers like intermittent fires and weather events are slowing down rescue efforts. So far, 12 people have been confirmed dead and 149 are unaccounted for. Residents of the Surfside condo said they regularly complain that construction on a neighboring building would cause their units to shake. And at least one resident expressed concern that construction was affecting the building's structure. Another lawsuit has now been filed against the Champlain Towers South Condominium Association on behalf of a group of residents claiming the association failed to maintain the building in a safe condition. Yeah, I just saw reports that the Israeli diggers who, who do this for a living, they come in and try to rescue people during these sort of catastrophes, uh, said that they just revealed another tunnel and more bodies. Um, so I'm sure we're going to be getting an update from that in just a moment. And the man who just, I guess, the man who signed off on this, uh, the official back in 2018, has been put on on, on leave. Yeah. Uh, it's just It's just devastating. It's devastating. All right, well, it's already clear the U.S. is going to miss the White House target to get 70% of the adult U.S. population at least partially vaccinated by July 4th. But here's where the numbers stand. 16 states have reached the goal. 16 states have also fully vaccinated more than half of their residents. Four states have recorded less than half of adults with at least one dose. About 847,000 vaccine doses are being administered per day. Meanwhile, the Delta variant now accounts for 26% of coronavirus cases in the U.S. You'll recall just weeks ago that proportion was more around 10%. Dr. Anthony Fauci now warns there could be soon be two Americas, one where most people are vaccinated and another where low vaccination rates could lead to spikes in cases. Now let's get into a little weather. Summer's here and it's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 81 in Seattle today, 88 in Atlanta, 77 in Buffalo, 79 in Chicago, 91 in Sacramento, and 108 in Indio. Now at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid Strawberry Watermelon Slushie or McCafe Fraps and Smoothies for just $2. Now hit us with the vibe of the day, babe. Allow yourself to be a beginner. No one starts off being excellent. You can begin your day by getting onto iTunes and buying Michaela's new single, Cry Love, available now. It's a bop just in time for the end of Pride, giving you Pride 365 days a year, of course. I just go love my, you so much. Go to my much. Instagram, swipe up, buy it. It's 99 cents. Literally Support our girl. Love you to death. All right, well, coming up, a drag queen was arrested for sexual assault, but was it valid or a simple mistake? We discuss next. Just want to let you know I made a little bit of a mistake, a little bit of a boo-boo a couple minutes ago. We're not talking to Samuel Garrett-Pate about the Supreme Court just yet. That's in our next hour. But right now we are talking about a drag queen who was arrested for alleged sexual assault after an audience member complains about a twerking stage act. This one's dicey. Apparently, this person's never been to a drag show in their entire lives. You have to sort of know what to expect. Uh, But the queen, uh, a sexual assault survivor herself, uh, was taken to jail in full drag, held for 38 hours. That's a day and a half. Um, And here's the kicker. She fell on a woman during the performance, and her costume got caught on the woman's top. Now, this woman, the drag queen, is out of uh, D.C., the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, Her name is Kabuki, um, and... They're calling this unwanted sexual assault, this woman is. This seems so odd to me. The story is uh, a little bit infuriating Mm -hmm. as we wrap up Pride Month. Um, By all accounts, it was a complete accident, right? But this woman did not like how it went down. And I'm kind of curious to know your thoughts on this, Michaela, because if we really break this down, this is still a man 
who fell on top of a woman and part of his costume came undone. Does this woman have a point? Um, I don't know that I would necessarily call it sexual assault, but we do like to hear out victims, right? So when you strip it all down, this still is a man falling on top of a woman whose okay. costume is falling off. So I'm... Angel's advocate. Okay. Just playing both sides. Yeah. Listen, I'm a performer. I've fallen off of stage before. I've fallen into audience members before. Like, it literally just happens when you're in huge heels. You've been doing... I've been singing on stage for 20 years. Things happen. My boa is caught on fire. Like, things that you could just never <laughs> imagine happened. My weave is caught on fire. Like, it's unbelievable the things that have happened. I had a full residency in Vegas. I think that when you go to a drag show, you understand where you're going. You understand what the point is. It's not about a man falling onto a woman with her breasts exposed. The drag queen is an entertainer. She is performing. She is in drag. She maybe had a slight fall. If the woman's breasts are exposed, the strap broke. It's a mistake. Well, the drag I mean, to call this sexual assault is actually very uh, offensive considering I'm a sexual abuse survivor. I think that's like so lame. As is, I believe, this drag queen. I think that is part of the story as well. And this drag queen had pulled her up on stage. I think it, it sounds to me like she was pulled up on stage. She was embarrassed. This thing happened in front of everybody, and she wasn't really in on the joke. She probably felt stupid, and somebody told her, honey, press charges. You know how it can be at a drag Listen, brunch. <laughs> it's not even like that. So when we did a lesbian cruise, I uh, was the performer. I was headlining, and Lisa was DJing, and it was an older group of lesbians. And I have this um, – I had a, a – a, a part of my act was I would sing the song Woman, and particularly in Vegas, it went over really well. I would bring up like a husband or a wife or two wives, and during the song, they would give their partner a lap dance. Nothing like gross, but it was just like cute and fun, and it like reconnected them, and it was like adorable. So I did that in on this cruise with two women. They were wives. Mm -hmm. They had the best time. They like overdid it. It got like... <laughs> Kind of wild, but so fun. Who cares? The next day, so many of those women were so mad at me. They thought it was gross. They thought, like, how dare I bring those women up and let them lap dance on top of each other. And they were really upset with me. And my point was, you can be upset all day long. It was part of the show. It was meant to be fun. Nobody got hurt. Nobody was offended. But I feel like when people get embarrassed, like you said... They don't know what to do. And so all of a sudden they're like rethinking everything and want to like blame it on the entertainer. You're coming to a show, honey. You know what it is. Well, so this goes a little bit further. So on, on one side, Kabuki is now saying, listen, every job I go out for now, I'm a dog walker. I help the elderly. I'm part of a 12-step recovery clubhouse. I have to now say, hey, I'm a, I, was, I, I was arrested for sexual assault. But then other people in the audience did tell the newspaper that Kabuki got up after the accident grabbed the woman's neck and appeared that uh, he was simulating oral sex on the woman. So again, <laughs> it's tricky because you go to a drag show and which part of our culture, we understand it. We think it's a fun kiki. If you're a woman who's been brought to a drag brunch with some friends and this happens in front of everybody. And then again, I know they're queens, but that doesn't mean they're beyond reproach either. If a drag queen who's still a man then grabs a woman's neck and pretends to simulate oral sex 
then it gets a little more dicey for me. So I don't, I don't know. All, all the details are a little bit murky on this story, uh, which is why it's very, I, you know, we're both handling it with kid gloves. Because um, here's the thing. It's so tricky because as we continue to march towards equality and ask for equal rights, we have to be ready for it to be actually equal. So, like, so it goes back to the story, the conversation we've had many, many times about uh, can gay actors play, or should straight actors play gay roles? And at some point, if we say no, all gay roles need to be played by gay actors now moving forward, right? If we're going to agree on that, then you also have to be ready then for the entertainment industry to say, fine, then only straight actors can play straight roles. So it's tricky because if we're going to ask for complete acceptance, this is still a man who maybe started off as an accident, but as drag queens often do, reacted in a funny sort of kiki. But if it wasn't funny to her, and she felt like him grabbing her neck and doing this, if that is in fact what happened, according to people in the audience, um, yeah, that there's there's something there. So I just I want to keep an eye on this story because I don't want to pass judgment yet. Yeah, I will say though, like, I, and I appreciate where you're coming from as a woman who literally like was taken in by drag queens, taught how to do my makeup at 17, and like learned everything from drag queens, my own personality. Is it inappropriate that he maybe grabbed her neck and, and, you know, he did that? Yeah, maybe. I just think that sexual assault is... It's a bit far. That's really far. Like, you could be like, hey, I- I'm not into that. And I think it's really disrespectful. I just... Well, it's like going up to, in drag what, culture. What if your woman went to a Chip and Dale show in Las Vegas? You would expect those things to happen there, too. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like you step into a certain space, you expect something to happen. Yeah. You, you got you got to know what you're getting into. If you're not comfortable with that, don't go. Yeah, I agree. I, I, that's just a stretch for me, because I, I feel very close to drag queens. And as a woman, I never want to like put a woman down. But right. if you're uncomfortable, also, that's the opportunity to walk out and be like, I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. You don't stay throughout the rest of the show. I hear you. All right, well, coming up, uh, Ikea is in trouble again. They keep making mistakes this time for our bisexual community. Find out why next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, I, I, I know this store well uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I was really broke for a lot of years and they bought a lot of furniture there. Okay. Two, and this one should give it away, I love their Swedish meatballs. Talking about Ikea. Oh, yeah. I love Ikea. I like I go there for lunch as much as I go there for the shopping, and I always get the Swedish meatballs, hold the cranberry sauce because nobody really likes it, and then I get an extra scoop of meatballs with extra gravy, and my fiance thinks I'm trash. You're not trash. You're does a star. He, does he have a valid point? Perhaps. Do I get a frozen yogurt or ice cream afterwards? Always. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Ikea, in trouble once again. For just getting it wrong on a lot of levels. Like, they're trying really hard, though. They're trying to get things right. Um, but apparently, uh, they released some couches inspired by Pride Month. IKEA Canada launched this campaign. Uh, and there's a love seat, emphasis on the word love, uh, and actually 10 of them inspired by different Pride flags. Uh, but it doesn't appear the love seats are actually available for sale just yet. And they were actually designed by LGBTQ designers from Canada, which which is good, right? But this did not stop Twitter from being either surprisingly impressed or absolutely repulsed by them. The bisexual design, for example, uh, was universally panned despite the good intentions. Um, and it says, uh, when you change or to and, nobody believes you. Talking about either liking men or women, and all of a sudden you say you like both and you con- consider yourself bisexual, nobody believes you. I think it's putting out a sort of negative connotation about what it is to be bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's blue, purple, pink, just like the p- bisexual uh, pride flag. But I think it reiterates this sort of stereotype uh, and 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 sort of amplifies by erasure, which we already yeah. see. I don't think many people are going to buy that couch and think, oh, I'm in on the joke. It feels like you are the joke. And I just have a problem with that. You were saying during uh, Black History Month, Justin, what did they do during Black History Month? It was actually for Juneteenth. Oh, Juneteenth it was. uh, fried chicken and watermelon at the food court. But here's, this is Uh, constantly my question. Okay, like let's say for example, right? Like I released a Pride song today. Okay, just me, Michaela Gordon, the end. Now I'm not a corporation, I'm not a company, but when I released it, I definitely had like a producer that I ran it by. I even ran it by you. Mm-hmm. I even ran it by Lisa, my partner. And I was like, do we like this? Is this good? We like made sure that it was good and then we put it out. How does an entire corporation put out watermelon and chicken on Juneteenth and there's not one person that says this might be problematic maybe wouldn't where's the filter like i just i never understand how corporations get away with this this. is the problem there's no diversity at the top and that's the issue right we talk about representation we talk about inclusivity it means hiring individuals that can say hey not a good idea that's a bad call there's nobody there And that's the problem. Because if you don't know, you don't know. An entire team. Do you know how many people had their hands on this? Literally, there's hands all over the couch, too, which is kind of funny and ironic. Yeah, there's an actual Uh, armrest. Yes. Um, But do you know how many people touched this before it got approved, before it got manufactured, before the advertisements came out? How many people had hundreds guaranteed? And either not one person caught it, not one person felt comfortable enough to speak up or the powers that be didn't listen or respect 
the voices that did speak up. Right. And that is a big, big problem. Yeah. You know, we we did so. I'm I'm almost glad Pride Month is done because I'm tired of corporate panels. I know we're over it. You know, because every every June, everybody calls us. And in years past, I think something shifted with the pandemic for me. We had a sort of a year off of Pride, kind of, and then things felt different this year because in years past. I think a lot of people in our community almost felt like, and any, I, I feel like women probably felt this way. I feel like black Americans felt this way. Any sort of minority group felt like, oh, well, at least we're getting a seat at the table. At least you're acknowledging us, right? At least we get, we get to have a voice sort of for a month. That's good enough. At this point, after what we've been through for the last year and a half, that's not enough anymore at all. Yeah. Because it's placating. It's not, it's not, it's not enough. And after we've seen somebody like Lil Nas X go out there and drop that single well, and, and, and kiss a man on stage and, and do all, it's like, oh, oh, we do deserve more. I mean, here's why things are changing. I'm so happy that you brought that up because even like Madonna's getting dragged. Madonna posted yesterday, I did it first. And it was a photo of her and Britney kissing. That's so problematic. Yes. It's problematic as a lesbian woman because. She's, I don't know how she identifies. Maybe she's bisexual. Britney Spears is never identified as bisexual. They're just two straight women that are up uh-huh. there, in my opinion, to cis white women. And, you know, Adam Lambert, it's always been, and this is the problem. I always say being a lesbian is so overly sexualized. Like, to straight men, it's like you, girls just kissing at the bar. Like, it's so normalized, sure. but not respected. Just no, normalized no. And, and eroticized. And then little Nas X goes up there, and it's like a big deal. It's so much braver for a black, a black queer man at the BET Awards Awards. to do that and even Adam Lambert speaking out now how he was kicked off Good Morning America he wasn't able to perform and I mean it's just like like you said it's exhausting like I don't know how much more we have to explain why because listen if you are a true trailblazer Madonna Sit down, shut up, and 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 applaud and, this and young man. And also, why say I did it first, Madonna? Yeah. You're, you're in like your 60s. overly, and and also, and also, keep in mind, you did it to be sexy. You didn't do it to prove a point. Exactly. You weren't fighting for your rights. Yeah. You weren't trying to survive. And also, that really just goes back to how lesbian and bisexual women feel about being overly sexualized. And also, keep in mind, she got all the press for kissing Britney, no press for kissing Christina. They both kissed. Brittany and Madonna are blonde-haired white women. Christina had black hair in that performance. There's a lot there. To be a blonde white woman, you're the most protected person on the face of planet Earth. Yeah, nobody and got kicked off of Good Morning yeah, America with them. Yes, if she doesn't see the privilege in that. I love Madonna. She's loony these days. Yeah. She needs to sit this one out. Yeah. All right, well, coming up, uh, Andy Dick is being arrested again, and that's so Ravenstar is being charged with the felony. Find out why next. You've got a lot to be excited about right now, ladies and gentlemen, because listen to me. Michaela, first and foremost, has a what's popping coming for you that's going to change your life. <laughs> or not. We'll see. <laughs> Yet to be determined. But this will change your life because... The new Odyssey, our parent company, exclusive stations are curated for listeners just like you. You can find your new summer soundtrack. There are hundreds of new stations for summer barbecues, road trips, working out, relaxing, poolside. You'll find a huge variety of music stations like Lady Gaga, Radio Club Odyssey, I'm 290s for this dance, and so many more. Head over to odyssey.com right now. There's even a Beyonce station. You know what else? Oh, I, God, I love Beyonce. You know what else I heard is right around the corner? What? Show tunes. 
Oh, our you program, would love yeah, show tunes. Our program director asked me months ago what station I would listen to, and I said show tunes because I'm obsessed with Stephen Sondheim, Andrew Lloyd Webber, the classics. I love them. I'm sort of okay with, uh, what's his name, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. I had to sort of slowly get into Hamilton. Uh, the cadence of it all is a bit weird for me. Yeah. But if I can get into Sondheim, I can get into that too. So I'm going to work it out. I'm going to see it in the Heights. Uh, but right now, head over to odyssey.com right now and uh, find your own curated special station just for your summer. Uh, right now, though, while you do that, stay here because Michaela's got some much popping. Um, okay, so this is really interesting. I uh, have met Andy Dick multiple times, more so when I was waitressing years ago. He used to come in, and you and you'd sometimes be really, really sweet, and then other times he'd be like kind of erratic. Uh, but you know, I understand mental that, health. That tracks. Yeah, and I, you know, I get it. However, he was just arrested this weekend uh, for assault with a deadly weapon. It was revealed on a YouTube show, Crimin and Friends, that Andy Dick assaulted his own lover Lucas with a metal chair, um, and the YouTube said he could have killed his lover. Uh, the lover was taken to Cedars Sinai Hospital. And this is not the first time that Andy Dick has been arrested. He's had a lot of run-ins with the law. He gets very aggressive when he's drunk. It's just getting worse and worse. He was recently kicked out of his home and had to move into a hostel, although he was kicked out soon after for bringing in a group of 11 people. Um and he's just been in and out of trouble. And, you know, we've watched him on shows to help him get sober. We've watched him on VH1. And it's just, it's really sad. Whatever demons he's battling and whatever he's trying to self-medicate is just not. I remember he got arrested one time years ago in my, in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, my I say my hometown. It's where I sort of lived through my college years and where I came out. And uh, he was there. I believe he exposed himself to somebody yeah. uh, in Columbus. I used to, he used to sit in the steam room uh, at the gym I used to go to years ago when I first moved to LA. And I remember the very first time seeing him, I was kind of starstruck. Yeah, I know. Um, and then I just started to get weirded out because he was there a lot. Spent yeah. a lot of time there. A lot, he's definitely dealing with some stuff. He's dealing with some stuff. And another one who's dealing with some stuff, that's a Ravens, Kyle Massey. Um, he's been charged for allegedly sending pics to a 13-year-old girl. Now, uh, the case is tied to a civil lawsuit filed against Massey in 2019 in which the girl who was not named because of her age sued him for $1.5 million for allegedly sending numerous sexually explicit text messages, images, and videos via Snapchat. The lawsuit filed in 2019 also claimed the girl met Massey when she was just four years old. The pair kept in touch and Massey became close with her family as she pursued a career in entertainment. Massey allegedly even indicated the girl should come out from Seattle, Washington and live with him and his girlfriend in L.A. Here's where it gets tricky. I know his girlfriend. I'm good friends with his now ex-girlfriend. And I remember in 2019, she uh, she's a public figure as well. She had taken a break from social media. And when she came back, she said, I've had a really horrific time. It's nothing I want to speak about. Um, I've gotten some therapy and uh, I'm ready to just restart. Kyle and I are no longer together. That's all she said. Now this is all making light and this is all tracking that uh, that was happening just right before the pandemic. Um, but it's out in the news now. And so we'll continue keeping you updated for your what's popping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. All right, well, coming up, it's Red, White, and Q, and Sam Garrett Page joins us to talk about the Supreme Court and the White House supporting our trans brothers and sisters, why this is so important. Next. Come on, Morning Beat. That's right. You're here. We're queer. Get used to it. 
But also, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. As always, we have a fantastic hour coming up for you. Uh, in about 15 minutes, we're joined by Samuel Garrett-Pate, our political expert, talking uh, about the Supreme Court. Are they actually kind of liberal somehow? Who knows? A, a third of them were appointed by Donald Trump, but this uh, this session didn't go quite like uh conservatives thought it would i listen nobody thought it was going to go this way so we're going to get his uh his political uh expertise on the phone and uh answer our questions because i know one thing in life for certain is that michaela gordon loves politics oh my god i love politics so much it's like what would i do if i couldn't wake up and talk about politics Mm -hmm. i would have no reason to wake up can i just make an admission to you right here and right now what you're gonna hate me what I think that I think that one of your plaid flannel shirts that you're probably missing got donated. I just realized it. Oh my god! <laughs> so I found a shirt of yours in the hallway or on the floor one day a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And then I laid it's it. It's red. No, it's. It was black. like red white. Uh, maybe I thought what? it was black and white. Maybe there's red in it. And there just, is a black and white one. Yeah, I'm realizing as I'm looking at you right now live on air that I put it in the back of the car. And the other day I had a whole bunch of stuff to get donated. And Emil says, is this box donation? And I think it was sitting on the box because I was ready to give it back to you. And I think you probably donated it. From when I slept the night, what, I spent the night? No, I found it weeks ago, like randomly here. You left it one day, I think, in the studio. Oh, my God. Sorry about that. Get me a new flannel. I'm a lesbian. It's like I, my job. I can do that. Thank you. Also, <laughs> tell them what you lesbian. did. So, AJ and I have this ongoing joke, as many of you know. It's he not an ongoing it's joke hilarious. if it's just me pulling the pranks. He literally thinks it's so funny to terrorize me. Mm. Literally terrify me. Mm-hmm. And no matter how ready I am, I'm never ready. Well, when you forget to drink coffee in the morning, I have to do something. Yeah, well, he hides behind a corner, and then I'll turn the corner, and he's, like, there. Just, like, and he's just 6'5", just standing there. Just terrified the crap out of me this morning already. I, I put, screamed bloody murder. I put it on my Instagram. Way to go. Underscore AJ Gibson. Go follow me if right now. If we're not and... pranking our producer, he's pranking <sighs> me. I'm good at this Thank stuff. Thank you. You ready for some news on the beat? I have guess you, so. Can you pull it together for this? I'm going to try to, now that I don't have a flannel. I'm going to go on Amazon.com right now and find you a flannel. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, well, there's a lot going on. It's already clear the U.S. is going to miss the White House target to get 70% of the adult U.S. population at least partially vaccinated by July 4th. But here's where the numbers stand. 16 states have reached the goal. 16 states have also fully vaccinated more than half of their residents. Four states have recorded less than half of adults with at least one dose. About 840. 47,000 vaccine doses are being administered per day. Meanwhile, the Delta variant now accounts for 26% of coronavirus cases in the U.S. You'll recall just weeks ago that proportion was more around 10%. Dr. Anthony Fauci now warns there could be two Americas, one where most people are vaccinated and another where low vaccination rates could lead to spikes in cases. Now, in other news, a major uh, policing law overhaul is in jeopardy as lawmakers and law enforcement groups remain divided over what the wide-reaching legislation should look like. Last week, bipartisan negotiators for the bill said they'd reached an agreement on its general framework, but the hot-button issue of qualified immunity, protections given to police officers in civil court, remains unresolved. Additionally, some law enforcement groups have outright said they'd be resistant to any major changes. After blowing past two deadlines, congressional lawmakers say they need to make a decision by August as to whether they can agree on a bill or drop the prospect entirely. 
All right, rounding out news on the beat this morning. More than 230 deaths have been reported in British Columbia since Friday amid the historic heat wave gripping the Pacific Northwest. That's a huge increase over a typical four-day period, and authorities are working to figure out how many of the deaths are heat-related. In the U.S. Northwest, at least 60 deaths have been reported. Emergency room visits are also up. In Washington, at least 676 people visited emergency departments for heat-related symptoms from Friday to Sunday, and that was before peak heat hit the state. A major concern amid the record temperatures is how unprepared people in the region are for extreme heat. Seattle and Portland rank first and third, respectfully, among cities with the highest proportion of households without air conditioning. That's tough. Oh, it's always cool and breezy up there. It's like California. Not a lot of people have air conditioning here in California, in Southern California. So it's usually kind of cool. A lot of apartment complexes don't have them. Houses don't have them. Listen, I went to a little dinner last night, like a little women's dinner, and it was at a friend's apartment, and she just has, like, central air, so she just had the windows uh, open, and it was so hot. Like, it was obviously, of course, bearable, but I can't imagine... You know, having to live in a place where you just don't yeah, have I AC. Live in a, I live in a high-rise, and there's only a handful of units in the entire place that actually have air conditioning. Yeah. There's, there's usually a nice breeze coming off the ocean through this part of California, and you can usually just get through the season. But uh, ugh, things yeah. are changing. It is. All right, well, speaking of weather, summer's here, and it's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. A high of 81 in Seattle, 88 in Atlanta, 99 in Baltimore, a high of 79 in Buffalo, 81 in Cleveland and 91 in Sacramento. Now, at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushie or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Now, give us the vibe of the day. Allow yourself to be a beginner. No one starts off being excellent. That's a lesson for me, honey. That's hard. That's hard. All right, coming up in Red, White, and Q, Samuel Garrett Pate joins us to talk about the Supreme Court and the White House and their support for our trans community. And we discuss next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q. You know, this is the music that they used on RuPaul's Drag Race during election year last year. And the first cycle that took place after that, my fiance and I were so confused as we started to sing the outro music, and it was not this. (laughs) We thought it was just a permanent thing. Um, But what is permanent here is Samuel Garrett Pate is one of our favorite political experts. He's joining us right now. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, question. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we, we're here. We're it, alive. It's, it's, it's a hump day, and we're happy to be here. Last time I, last time I saw Michaela was on my birthday at the Abbey. I know. Great. You were so cute. <laughs> wait, we you, had so much fun. Wow. Thanks for the invite. I invited you too, you AJ. You just invited. never responded. Oh, wait. You did where? We should talk I about tech. We should talk about this. It's okay. It's, it, this is this is very much like the um, Ellen DeGeneres exchange about whether or not you were invited. Oh my, to my god! Birthday party. Oh, you're oh, Ellen yes. and he's Dakota. Oh, I'm Ellen right now and you're Dakota. Yeah. Oh, Who needs tracks. politics? We could just talk about birthday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk, about the Abby. Let's talk politics. Uh, the Supreme Court. This recent session wrapping up now. Uh, 
really caught a lot of liberals and probably conservatives off guard. We we sort of expected this onslaught of conservative rulings. You know, Trump appointed three of the justices. They have a 6-3 split, uh, but it didn't quite turn out that way. It's actually one of the most unified Supreme Courts we've seen in recent years. What is your take on this? Well, look, I think, you know, from the for a long time, um, this chief justice has sought to separate the court from really politicized rulings. Um, There have been many notable exceptions to that. Um, But when you look at the court's rulings on um, the DACA case uh, under the Trump administration, um, on the um, Affordable Care Act, you know, a number of years ago when there was before Trump was even in office, um, the chief justice, John Roberts, has sought to depoliticize the court. Um, at the same time, there have been a number of highly political rulings as well. So I don't think we should take, you know, an individual victory here or there, right? Whether it's the Masterpiece Cake Shop ruling or the, uh, or the, um, Bostock ruling last year or, uh, the court's decision to forego taking up the Gavin Grimm case or even the Fulton, uh, decision in, on, um, adoption rules in Philadelphia, where the court actually unanimously ruled that Philadelphia had, uh, in their policy, violated the um, religious freedom rights of an adoption agency, which was not the position that the LGBTQ community took. They, at the same time, declined to uh, affirm that religious beliefs uh, are, are a blanket license to discriminate. They, they specifically declined to go that far um, and actually affirmed that as long as a, po- a non-discrimination policy is neutral on its face, um, the, the state can, in fact, prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. So we've seen a really mixed bag, right? This is the, not the exact same court, but, but this court under John Roberts, this conservative court, is also the one that Um, when Anthony Kennedy was still on the bench before Trump came into office, really gutted the Voting Rights Act, right? And we've seen dangerous precedents set, um, whether it's in terms of uh, a rewriting of religious freedom to limit reproductive rights of people, um, you know, or, 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 or rulings on voting rights and gerrymander. I mean, there have been a number of dangerous rulings under this court as well. So I think what it ultimately comes down to is the court is not, as political as we thought, but they are very ideological and certainly very conservative. So they're not always going to go along with what the Republican Party wants, but but it is a very conservative court at its heart. And the rationale, even for rulings that we in the LGBTQ community like, like Bostock last year, which affirmed that um, you know discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity constitutes discrimination illegal discrimination on the basis of sex under the law that was written by (laughs) that was written by justice gorsuch who is one of the most conservative uh ideologically conservative um but traditional conservatism right uh members uh, uh, on the bench um and it was very much that ruling was very much rooted in his textualist belief which basically means the written word on the paper is all that matters not mm. Congress's interpretation, not Congress's intent. The written word is all that matters. And, and that is a very conservative legal principle. 
but he used it to craft a decision that just happened to be the one that the LGBTQ community wanted. I mean, in, in some ways, I can respect that. I mean, I, 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 there's parts of me that are very conservative, actually. Hmm. Um, and I'm okay with a sort of textbook approach to certain aspects of, 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 of our law and our judicial system. Um, I, I guess, like many liberals, I was just afraid they were going to come in here and just all of a sudden they were going to rip up Obamacare. They were going to make abortion you know, fully illegal. They were going to do all these things that we just haven't seen materialize uh, just yet. Um, Jen Psaki, another another standout of this Biden administration, uh, speaking of if his side of of the, of the judicial, uh, the executive branch, um, she has now said she's going to host a White House event on transgender equality this week. Um, you know, we've seen some 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 victories for the trans community come out of the Supreme Court recently. Not huge ones, but what we'll take them. Um, how big is this that she's going to do something like this? It's a, it's a far cry from where we were four years ago. It's certainly a far cry from where we were four years ago. Look, I think this is a continuation of, you know, something that the Obama administration did. Obviously, this new administration, the the Biden-Harris administration, is the most pro-equality administration in history. Um, But, you know, under the Obama administration, when Kevin Jennings, who now leads Lambda Legal, was um, assistant deputy secretary for safe and drug-free schools uh, under the Obama administration, he helped spearhead, um, and, and full disclosure, I was working for him at Department of Education at the time, he helped spearhead this, uh, the first ever White House summit on bullying prevention. And this was after a um, high-profile string of cases in which young kids had been bullied in school and either taken their own lives or, um, or had some other really serious consequences. And there was a lot of media attention to, to bullying and, and bullying prevention, but the White House was able to use that bully pulpit, bully pulpit, bad use of the term. But anyway, (laughs) you you get what I'm saying. They were able to use their platform to um, really bring people together and advance, uh, advance that cause. And later under that same administration in that same office, we were able to put together the first ever uh, federal summit on LGBTQ youth. And again, bring together all sorts of agencies, but also nonprofit organizations and people who have, the potential to do really powerful work, you know, it, it is the the White House absolutely makes policy. Um, the, you know, the administration makes policy. Congress makes policy. Um, but the federal government also has a lot of power to convene people and bring attention to issues and advance agendas through their broad reach. And I think that's what you're seeing here is the White House saying, look, we've done uh, as much as we can for now without congressional action um, to advance uh, equality for the trans community. There's certainly more that we can do in the years to come. But what we're also going to do, in addition to making policy changes, is bring attention to this issue um, and, and potential solutions and really use their platform to change hearts and minds as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we want to continue a conversation with you, Samuel Garrett-Pate. As we're talking, we're ending Pride, and uh, it's been a really crazy Pride as I'm, like, looking at this headline from Marjorie Taylor Greene saying that teaching LGBTQ curriculum is actually child, emotional child abuse. It's just sickening to me. We want to talk about um, California cutting out anti-trans states and uh, some of the crazy things that are being said coming up next. My name is Rylan Whittington. I'm 13 years old and I live in San Diego. I get good grades and accelerated classes. I'm vice president of my middle school. 
I play ice hockey, and I'm missing my water polo practice to be here today. I'm a typical teenager. I like to hang out with my friends, give my sister a hard time, surf at the beach, skateboard, and make funny videos. Being transit is a small part of who I am. It doesn't stop me from being a, a strong teammate or a good friend. Ooh, that is 13-year-old Ryland Whittington yesterday uh, just sharing their story, and, and, and it's so touching and so beautiful. Um, as uh, California, uh, Ryland's home state, bans state-funded travel to five states with anti-LGBTQ laws. Uh, we're joined again by Samuel Garrett-Pate for Red, White, and Q. Uh, Ryland is pretty remarkable. I'm on uh, RaisingRyland.com right now checking out their story, and it's just, ooh, there are so many more stories like this that we don't even know about. Why does it make what California uh, has done in banning this travel such a big deal? Yeah, well, Ryland is definitely pretty cool. Um, his mom, Hillary Whittington, serves on Equality California's board. Um, and, his, you know, his parents, Hillary and, and her husband, Jeff, uh, have just been have shared their story of like their own journey as a family um, in a way that I think is really powerful and also really helpful to other parents who, who have kids who come out as trans and want to be supportive, but aren't necessarily sure where to start or aren't sure sort of who to turn to for for that help. And obviously there are organizations like PFLAG that help with that as well. Um, but just, you know, really want to give kudos to, to Ryland's parents and also to Ryland, who uh, I'm really excited to see what he does in playing ice hockey and water polo and um, every sport that he wants to. And I think what's so important and so powerful about him sharing his story at this press conference, standing next to the California attorney general and um, two members of the legislature and Tony Huang, the executive director of Equality California, is that it puts a human face on this issue, right? Mm -hmm. For for months now, and in some places years, we've been hearing this absurd debate about trans kids playing sports. And it's largely been a debate between anti-LGBTQ extremists who want to use trans kids as a political football um, and the LGBTQ community saying, look, like this is not okay. We, we aren't going to stand for this. And we're going to defend trans kids. We haven't heard from a lot of trans kids, especially not a lot of trans kids who actually play sports. And part of that is because we know that this is a manufactured issue, right? Um, where there really aren't that many trans kids in the country playing sports, but the ones who are, they're just kids who want to play. And I think when you put that human face on it of a, kid who just wants to be a good teammate on the water polo team and had to miss water polo practice to go to a press conference to talk about the fact that state legislators across the country are attacking kids like him. Um, you know, I, I think that's really powerful for people. And, and so that listeners know, the reason this came about is because California has a, uh, has a law passed a number of years ago by assembly member Evan Lowe, along with Equality California, um, that says that California taxpayer dollars shouldn't go to subsidize anti-LGBTQ discrimination in other states. So that doesn't mean that the average person can't go visit those states, um, but the state is not going to pay for state employees or elected officials or students to be sent to those states, mm -hmm. whether it's for um, a, a conference or a sport sporting event. 
and look, we've heard pushback on this issue, but but here's here's the bottom line. There are three reasons for this travel ban. One is that California taxpayers don't support LGBTQ discrimination and their money shouldn't their hard-earned money should not be going to subsidize discrimination in other states. The second is we shouldn't be sending state employees and students at state schools into states where they could face discrimination. We should be protecting them from discrimination. Um, And if that means that they're not going to go to states that choose to discriminate against the LGBTQ community, then that's what that means. And third is that we need to impose economic consequences on states that discriminate against trans kids or or LGBTQ people generally. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we, as, as as the world's fifth largest economy, the nation's most populous state, have the power to impose those economic sanctions when other states attack LGBTQ people. Um, And we've seen large corporations do the same thing as well. And when we show states that there are economic consequences to doing that, that's when you start to see legislators and governors who are conservatives themselves sit back and think, ooh, maybe we should pause on this because there are these economic consequences. We would hope that they would just do it because it's the right thing to do. Wow. Uh, um, I'm just going to say this as we close you out, Sammy Garapay, because it is important that just hours ago, Marjorie Taylor Greene did acknowledge that LGBTQ plus education is essentially child abuse. With the yeah. last 30 seconds, how do you feel about that? Listening to Marjorie Taylor Greene spew hate and vile uh, anti-American attacks uh, against not just LGBTQ people, but everyone in this country is child abuse. I agree. Absolutely. You, you know what you know what kind of child abuse? Shut her mouth. You know, here's the kind of child abuse I'd like to see. Ryland Whittington sit down with Marjorie Taylor Greene and abuse her. Yeah. Teach her a thing or two because most Americans, most Americans, to be fair, they know when they think of the trans community, they think of Caitlyn Jenner, and many of them are still thinking of Bruce, to be fair, and they think of Laverne Cox. And that's it. That's as far as it goes. Most Americans could not name a single transgender man guaranteed. So they think this is the, this, 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 these trans kids just trying to play sports to them. They can't even wrap their brains around it. But thank you well, so look, much I, for clarifying. I think, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene is beyond educating, and I wouldn't wish a conversation with her on violence or anyone <laughs> I else agree. in this country. Agreed. But I do, I, do, I do agree with you that, again, for trans people to share their stories um, kids like Ryland to speak out. There is a lot of power in that, in in, in showing that visibility um, and putting a human face on the issue. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Simi Hey, We've got more coming up next. So from a heartbreak anthem to a pride anthem from my girl to my left, Michaela Gordon, I'm going to take over what's popping today, I think, and do things a little bit differently because you need to take a rest. You've been busy recording a new single that just dropped overnight. We're going to play it in just a moment. I saw you perform it live this weekend in Denver for the very first time. I was obsessed. We were jumping up and down mm, with, I love with, you. with fans in our hands <laughs> and cocktails spilled all over our tank tops. Love it. Because we were living our best lives. I loved that you were uh, there. Talk to us about Cry Love. Yeah, I mean, Cry Love is a song I wrote in 2018 during Pride. I wrote it for Jack Daniels specifically. And it was really a song that was supposed to empower being authentic authentic and real and knowing that it's okay to be gay and that they may try to change us they may try to estrange us right but Mm -hmm. like we still have to stand tall and together and when I got done with the song I hated the song I hated my voice and I was like not ever putting it out and so over this past year Lisa was like hey 
I love that song. Like, I think you should just do it. It's a really important message. Who cares? And I've been trying to just show myself more grace these past couple of months since the pandemic. And I thought, you know, it's such an important song, especially after like the Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, movement with gay pride last year and seeing all these anti-trans bills. And I thought, why not? So I released Cry Love this morning it is now available to you. Um, and I didn't change anything. I, I thought the importance was also to keep the vocals from 2018 because I felt like I was good enough then, I'm good enough now, and the message remains the same. And so it's just to remind our community, very much on brand, the last day of Pride Month, mm-hmm. for me to put it out. Just in <laughs> time. Listen, I, I, I see it. I, I, I see what's happened over the last year or so, working with you every single morning, dealing with a lot of these issues, how, how frustrated and how hurt you get by anti-trans bills or our, our black brothers and sisters being targeted or our queer community constantly under siege. Um, and I see that that's what motivated you to release this song. So we're going to go ahead and listen to it. Then we'll come back for a little uh, recap. But you can't let them tear you down Standing on your own can make you feel alone Don't let them take away your crown You can run and you can hide from your own life Stay by the darkness that you shine so I love this song has all three things that I love the lyrics are insane they're so so good at the very beginning you said something about um standing on your own can make you feel alone but don't let them take away your crown I am king you are queen I love that how you flipped that yeah so I love lyric I love a good run honey you gave me some Christina Aguilera Honey. moments in there. But, 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 but the thing that makes my heart pump and that got me jumping up and j- down uh, Saturday in Denver is the beat. When that beat drops after that second verse. Oh, my good God. I love so you. So good. Cry love. I'm just going to say it because you won't say it. Listen, I put I put the link on my Instagram. Head over to my Instagram account right now. Swipe up. It's on iTunes. Uh, listen to the song. Support our girl, Michaela Gordon, because she's a star. I love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for playing it. And also, really, what it's most importantly about is if you're listening, if you feel ashamed, if you've ever felt bullied or dirty or gross or embarrassed for who you love or, or who you are, please know that the song is for us. Uh, I, I just love you. And we I, have five seconds. How do you feel? I feel like I'm going to cry. Aww, <laughs> go support our girl. <laughs> we'll be right back. Oh my god, I love this part of the day. Oh, you know what this feels like? For anybody just now tuning in for the first time at this time on a Wednesday, this is our halfway mark for our work week. We know you're just probably getting started at yours or about to get started here on the West Coast. But for us, we've been here since eh, the butt crack of dawn. Yeah. And uh, this is halfway through the work week for us. Uh, we're at the t- we're at the pinnacle right now. We're at the pinnacle, and it's a slow downhill slog from here. Yes, it is. It's a great way to describe the yes, morning show as a slog. You're so Oy. lucky to be turning into our slog of a show this morning. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We have a great hour coming up for you. Uh, this is really exciting. In about 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by the original Jan Brady, Eve Love Plum, to see it, baby. And 
the drag queen portraying Jan in Dragging the Classics, a Brady Bunch special out now on Paramount+. Plus. Kylie Sonique Love. This is wild. Two generations of Jan Brady. I never thought in a million years I'd see drag queens recreating the Brady Bunch. I don't think anybody did, hon. But we need it. Dragging the Classics, that's a genius name, by it's the way. It's a genius name. Drag is taking over the world. It really is. And wouldn't you know, guess who else is involved in this? Nina freaking West. She's everywhere. <laughs> Love her. I've told this story a million times. First drag queen I ever saw in my life perform back in Columbus, Ohio. You know, Andrew's a dear friend of ours here at the Morning Beat, but Nina West everywhere. Just this week alone, she's Every been on Disney Plus, place Paramount Plus. In the world. She's worked with Dolly Parton. I mean, she's the most Google drag queen in the world. Um, it's crazy because also there have genuinely been so many. Drag queens. And, and it's like Trixie Mattel, Bianca Del Rio, like drag queens that we love, like Shangela, Nina West, the most Googled and working the most. In the whole, you want to know why? Why? She's so likable. She's so likable. She is the epitome of miscongeniality. And I will say this, I will just say this, and this isn't even about Nina West at all, but I want to say this just because we adore her. Uh, she, we just missed her in Denver this weekend. We had to get on a plane and fly back. She was performing at the Triangle Bar, which is where we were Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. We leave, she shows up, her and Vassie. Um, wanted to see her perform as well. But I will say this about Nina. She just did a thing for Ohio Health. You know how we have uh, Dr. Joseph Gastaldo, the infectious disease expert from Ohio Health on our show sometimes. Yeah. We talk about uh, COVID and HIV and, and the updates in those arenas. Um she did a video for Ohio Health that he posted on his social media where she's just as Nina West saying, hey, this is what we do in Ohio. We show up for each other. So show up, get vaccinated, and support your neighbor and just spread love. And that's what makes her different. Yeah. She's not sassy. She's not mean. She's not a caddy drag queen like many are. And I love it. She's just sweet. Yeah, totally. And she's Alice in uh, the Brady Bunch special. It's so incredible. Go check it out on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, but stick around for a conversation with Eve Plum and Kylie Sonique Love coming up in 12 minutes. Right now, though, it's time for News on the Beat. All right, well, there's a lot going on in the news today, honey. Uh, it's been nearly a week since a Miami area condo building partially collapsed and two burning questions remain. How could this happen and, and why is it taking so long to find victims in the destruction Falling and shifting debris, the sheer volume of wreckage and other dangers like intermittent fires and weather events are slowing down rescue efforts. So far, 12 people have been confirmed dead and 149 are unaccounted for. Residents of the Surfside condo said they regularly complained that construction on a neighboring building would cause their units to shake. And at least one resident expressed concern that construction was affecting the building's structure. Another lawsuit uh, has now been filed against the Champlain Towers South Condominium Association on behalf of a group of residents claiming the association failed to maintain the building in a safe condition. It's just so we're watching right now this woman, she and her children ran out of the building moments before the entire thing collapsed. They would have been killed. And hearing stories like that of a, of a gentleman I read about, his girlfriend convinced him to stay the night. They'd gone out, watched a sports game at a sports bar. And he was getting ready to head back to that condo. Yeah. He said, please stay the night tonight. And because of that, he's alive today. Ugh. The survivor's guilt that these people must feel, that I they hope. should not feel, but that they inevitably will, is just so much to wrap your brain around. And also, got to keep in mind, building a building like this, especially 40 years ago, in a place like you know Florida, close to the ocean, with that salty seawater coming in constantly, on that ground, right, is very different than building, let's say, in Manhattan which is all just bedrock. Yeah. It's solid ground there. Down in Florida, 
this, it's surprising to me that more things like this have not happened sooner. I agree. And I hope that they don't, um, but I hope that they take the people around the country take, take this seriously. seriously. Absolutely. All right, well, another news. New, Jer- new Jersey Attorney General Gruel formally apologized on Tuesday during the last week of Pride Month for the state's decades-long efforts to crush LGBTQ bars. The agency systematically targeted gay bars using its liquor licensing division from the time prohibition ended in 90, 1933 to 1967 when a state's Supreme Court decision put a stop to the practice. Grohl called those three decades an ugly moment in the history of the New Jersey Attorney General's office. The Garden State will now vacate 126 enforcement actions that either suspended or revoked liquor licenses of establishments that served LGBTQ patrons more than half a century ago in order to right this historical wrong. Uh, records of all the violations are now publicly available through the state's website. Bars faced having their liquor license revoked in New Jersey and many other states across the nation for serving people who did not hide their non-conforming gender identity or sexual orientation. Um, that's so... It's so sad that, uh, that that happened to our community. And it makes you wonder how many bars really did go under because of these liquor licenses. It's just so sad. Um, all right, let's get into a little weather. Summer's here and it's queer and it's brought to you by McDonald's. Today it's going to be a high of 90 in Sacramento, 108 in Indio, 79 in Chicago, a high of 79 in Buffalo with a little drizzle, 106 in Phoenix, and 64 in San Francisco. Now, at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute made strawberry watermelon slushie or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Now, give us a vibe of the day. Allow yourself to be a beginner. No one starts off being excellent. Oh, I love that. That's a hard lesson, though. Yeah. If you like to be great at everything. All right, well, joining us uh, coming up next is Kylie Sonique Love and Eve Plum as we discuss... Uh, dragging the classics, their debut on the new bit, Brady Bunch. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Now, never in my wildest dreams did I even realize that I wanted this to be a thing. Uh, but just imagine for a moment, if you could take the Brady Bunch and mold them and m- mesh them up together with some of RuPaul's Drag Race's greatest, most iconic queens, and then put them together in one scenario, that's exactly what Dragging the Classics, The Brady Bunch, has done. It premieres today on Paramount+. Plus. We're super excited to have the original Jan Brady, Eve Plum, on the line, but also the new Jan Brady, Kylie Sonique Love. Ladies, thank you for being yes. here. How are you? Oh my Good. Goodness. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, out of respect, we're going to start with you, Eve, because, I mean, you are, you're just yeah. in the zeitgeist. Uh, I watched you uh, last year when or HGTV did the whole uh, renovation of the, the Brady house, which was pretty, pretty cool to watch. Right. I watched every episode twice. It was amazing. Uh, but did you ever, in your <laughs> wildest dreams, think you'd be doing something like this with some of the most popular drag queens in the world? No, no, it really wasn't in the, on, in the books, but I've learned with Brady Bunch to never say never. I love that. Well, Sonique, um, I adore you. I have a personal connection with you. I've watched you from the Abbey to Drag Race. Now you're doing huge things with Miley Cyrus. But to go and play Jan and be able to work with uh, these incredible people, did you ever think that this would happen? (laughs) You know what? As a kid growing up, I always wanted to do acting. And Brady Bunch was one of those shows that, like, really made me feel like, I want to do television. I want to be this. And um, I watched the movies in the 90s. I absolutely loved those. 
And uh, Brady was just a TV show that I watch at night before I, when I'm getting ready for bed. And um, to be able to get to be a part of this, it's so surreal. I'm, I feel so grateful uh, to not only play Jan, but to be a part of the Brady Bunch. Well, Eve, I'm curious to know, because Sonique just said something very interesting to me, and for an entire generation, the Brady Bunch is the movies that came out in the 90s. Uh, so for you, though, the original cast member, the original Jan, uh, how cool is it? What is, what's it been like uh, to sort of get this new fan base uh, that maybe wasn't around in the 1970s? Uh, what's that been like meeting your new fans? Um, well, that's going to be very interesting to see if if Brady Bunch, you know, if, if, if there is a person on Earth that isn't familiar with the Brady Bunch. Um, maybe they'll they'll pick it up from watching this because of RuPaul. Oh yeah, I love it. Listen, I, yeah. I'm going to. I can't wait to see. I can't wait. What surprised you most about some of these queens? Because I know uh, one of our good friends, Nina West, played Alice, which is kind of yeah. cool. Uh, Bianca but, Del Rio. Yes. What What surprised you most about seeing these queens get into character? Um, you know, I mean, the the, the massive amount of work it is. Mm. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a lot to. To uh, to get into the drag, and it's a lot to continue to wear it for a long time. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of admiration for all of that for all of that effort that 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 brings the beauty. It certainly yeah, is performance absolutely. art. Yeah. How does it feel? Because you know we're coming out of a pandemic. Things really shut down. People's mental health was really struggling to be back on set with people. How did that feel after a year and a half of having zero interaction? Um, well, it was great, except for we we were still under COVID uh, restrictions. So we were we were you know masked until we set out, stepped on set. Um, we had uh, COVID um, watchers who made sure that we were following the protocols. Um, but and we were also vaccinated. I'm not vaccinated. Um, tested twice a week. Mm. Um, so it felt it felt very good because I've been vaccinated, and I think a lot of other people have too. So there was a comfort level. Um, and maybe even a little bit of a, uh, like, okay, we're, we, we know we're all safe, but it, you, it's just, you know, you got to make sure you're safe. So it was good that the COVID protocols are still there and that we're all still really mindful of this because as much as we want to just shed it and throw it away, um, it's only really where we are now that is safe. I mean, you look at the other countries, India, for instance, and they're mm. still having a heck of a time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And listen, there are a few things that can bring us, you know, all together quite like nostalgia. And there is no show more iconic and more nostalgic than mm-hmm. the Brady Bunch. If you're just now joining us, we're talking to Eve Plume, mm-hmm. the original Jan Brady, also Kylie Sonique Love, the new Jan Brady, uh, all part of the Dragon the Classics, the Brady Bunch, available today on Paramount Plus for streaming. Uh, Sonique, I want to talk to you about All Stars Six. Because uh, you've got a lot going on going on right now. What can you tell us? Well, what I can tell you is um, being able to come back to Drag Race and compete um, after 11 years um, is something that I always wanted to do after coming off of season two. And really getting to come back as a more liberated um, self, you know, and really showing people... Um, who I am and showing them the things that they missed out on. Um, I, you know, I love doing drag. Drag is what helped me discover uh, myself um, outside of drag. And, you know, it's just so wonderful to to get to uh, be a part of something so iconic, you know, like Drag Race. Eve, as well as the Brady one. So iconic. Eve, I'm kind of curious to know, how do you ever watch RuPaul's Drag Race or do you plan to start? 
Um, I'm going to have to start. I am not not as familiar with it as I should be, um, <laughs> and so it was sort of interesting to to you know be inside drag without knowing. I mean, I'm familiar with drag. I know what it is, and I know of of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I've seen clips, but um, but it's really it's really quite the thing, and it's really great to see that it is broadcast everywhere and that it's available for. Um, for people to see it, it really I hope helps with the inclusiveness in in our world. Amen. I love that. You know, it's a resurgence of the Brady Bunch, but it's also a resurgence of Sonique because you did come from season two, and then uh, we watched you and and we heard a little bit from you, and then this is kind of your year with All Stars Drag Race with the Brady Bunch. You're also doing something very special with Miley Cyrus. We saw you for her big Pride event with Aaron Encinas, my favorite person. Um, but you're doing something really great this weekend as well. Oh, yes. Um, July 4th, I'm going to be with Miley Cyrus at the Resorts World here in Vegas. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Miley asked me to be her drag mother on the set of uh, Stand By You. And I said yes. And, you know, I can't wait to see what the future holds for us. Okay, Kylie Sonique Love, I mean, come on. You're performing this weekend, 4th of July weekend, with Miley Cyrus. If you're not more hype about that, honey, nothing's going to get you hype. You have to be so excited. A star. I am so excited. I actually worked with Miley Cyrus on uh, the VMAs in 2015. I was part of her her show uh, at the VMAs. So, you know, this is just kind of like getting to get back together and... um, I'm learning so much from her, and I think we're able to learn from each other. I love well, it. dragging the classics, the Brady Bunch is set to premiere today on Paramount Plus. Eve, uh, Sonique, thank you so much for joining us. It's so exciting watching these two worlds collide, and I think that the world is ready. I will try. Definitely. You guys stay safe. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Coming up, our producer has been inspired to host a TV show inspired game, and we'll be playing coming up next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. In honor of dragging the classics, a Brady special, uh, we're going to play a little game right now. You know, we just had Eve Plum and Kylie Sonique Love on our program a moment ago. If you missed that conversation, head over and download the Odyssey app at odyssey.com. Listen to us as a podcast. So now we're going to play a game where Michaela and I are tasked with guessing theme songs that were part of shows that were out before either of us were born. That's right, before 1980. All of these theme songs uh, came out just in. We're going to do it name that tune style, so you're going to bet it down. I'm okay. going to give you a clue, and whoever gets the most at the end wins. Are we betting seconds like we can guess it? So, okay, yep. okay, got it. So the first clue for the first song, Good Times. Michaela. Five seconds. Michaela, five seconds. Wait, AJ. the clue is Good Times? Yes. Wasn't there a show called Good Times? Possibly. That's tricky. Um, I'll say I can do it in three seconds. Michaela? Hmm. I'll just do two, I guess. AJ? Go ahead. Two seconds, Michaela. Where we're moving on. Oh, the Jeffersons. Oh, that's too easy. Amen. To this That was a good one. One nothing, Michaela. <sighs> Next up, time to have a drink. Who's right. betting first? Didn't I bet first last time? Or did she bet first last she time? She bet first last time. Okay, so I'll bet I'll bet uh, four seconds. I'll bet three. I'll, I, no, I can go back. I can go lower, right? Yeah. I can say two seconds. Take it away, Daddy. Oh, gosh. Two seconds. AJ, here you go. Oh, cheers, obviously. Oh, so you yeah. interesting story. So I'm writing a script right now for a sitcom. I forgot to tell you this, Michaela. And I'm and, and Michaela will be my star. 
And I, on the way back from Mexico recently, I watched the pilot episode of Cheers. Okay? And it's literally helped me set up my pilot episode for my show. The way it was written is so classic. It's one of the best written uh, pilots I've ever seen in my entire life. If you randomly have a chance, go find the pilot episode of Cheers. It's really good. Oh, wow. I'll watch it today. Mm -hmm. Why? Shelly Long's iconic in it. She's so good. How was Kirstie Alley? She came years later. Oh, she did? Yeah, she replaced Shelly Long. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. Tied one to one. Tropical. Going tropical is the next clue. Michaela. Um, Oh, I know this one. Oh, I know it. I can do it in two. I can do it in one. I can do it in zero. Nope. Gilligan's Island. Go. AJ, one second. Hawaii Five-0. <laughs> That's the only thing I knew. It's the only one I had. This. I was like, it's either this or, or Magnum P.I. I was thinking of his Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm ahead now, but I still get to... Wait, no. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Justin. Good. Next up, AJ, you're first to bet. Imagination, you're leading two to one. Oh, um, I'll go three. Imagination. I'll go... Are you having a stroke or are you going to bid? I've just never done that on air. It was kind of funny. Two seconds. Okay, I'll go one second. No! One second. This isn't right. Oh, yeah. um, Twilight Zone. My dad loved the Twilight Zone, and this still terrifies me. Okay, so this is going to track with you. You know how I love horror films. We're playing a game, by the way. Uh, Iconic theme songs from TV shows before the 1980s, before either of us were born. But you know how much I love Scream and listening to horror film soundtracks? Yes. You know the first time I ever made out with a girl? You know it was playing on TV? Wait, you've made out with a girl? Yeah, I had girlfriends, many. So You, know you the, made out with them? Yes. With your tongue? Yes. Oh. The first time we made out with a girl, I was in eighth grade. She was a sophomore. She could drive. Whoa. We made out while her parents were at a bowling league during the Twilight Zone. I'm so sorry. I just literally can't see you straight. It's like kind yeah. of messing with my mind right now. But also Twilight Zone is pretty iconic for my first make out with a girl. It kind of is. Because I was in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Michaela, time to come back. One. 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 I can do it in one. Do you even want another clue first? No, well, kid, give me the clue. All right. The it's clue, the only chance I've make got. Make this a very difficult the clues one. clues are Uma Thurman. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. One, you, you one said. One second. All right. Oh, Bond. <laughs> it's the monsters. Oh, God. You yeah. Even, you don't even need Oh, God. Wait, she was in that? No, Fall Out Boy. Their song, Uma Thurman, used this. <laughs> oh, used that was good. That was good. Right, that was a good one. Okay, I'm slaughtering you right yeah, now. You I know. Can I just like have a little moment or something? Okay, so give me one. What's my next one? What's my next clue? Old Family is your next clue. Okay, I'll go one. I think I made these too easy. Flintstones, come on, Justin. I know, iconic, iconic, iconic. One second. So good. No, no, no. There you go. I could just go get coffee or take a nap now, and she still can't come back. I swear to God, I know. Can I just do something in one second? If you're playing along at home, DM us. Send us a message on We Are Channel Q. Let us know how you're doing, because I feel like these are really easy, Justin. Yeah, you guys were so worried you were never going to get it. Well, they all aired in reruns. Yeah, I know. So (laughs) I I blame Nick at night for most of this. Michaela, this is your last chance. Fine. I'll make it worth four, four, just to, you know. Wait, what? Bro, give it it three. Okay, three. Bye. Not, not. Not a devil is your is your clue. Not a devil. Not a devil. Oh duh. I'm just gonna guess it right Touch now. Touch by an angel. Bewitched. <laughs> what is it? Play it. Touch by an angel. Charlie's angels. <laughs> <laughs> Touched by an angel did definitely did not come out in the 1970s, Michaela, <laughs> or the 60s. So. <laughs> oh my god, I'm an idiot. I my sl- grandma used to love. Did your grandma love Touched by an Angel? My grandmother loved Murder. She wrote. 
Oh, my grandma Angela did Lansbury. too. I used to watch that with her religiously. Yes, that tracks. Who won, Justin? Really shocked by this, but go ahead and reveal it. It's five to four because of a lot of point altering, but congratulations, AJ, you win. Oh, get out! Just leave me alone. Listen, you were on a roll for a few games. I wasn't, babe. It like I literally wasn't. I mean, like weeks ago. Oh, I've been annihilating you recently. Mm. Yeah. Well, we won't be playing these games anymore. I'm putting a halt to this. Let's play a game tomorrow. Let's do it. I like it. I'm gonna play emotional games. You do that already. That's enough. Welcome back to the morning beat. Kevin Federline is popping this Trash. morning. Um, and I'm going to let Michaela give you those details because if I give them to you, I might get upset. I know. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble because I said trash. Sorry, Brian. I Holt. know. I know. Humans aren't trash. But what he's doing to Britney Spears is trash. And uh, Michaela has those details. And what's popping in just a moment. Uh, but first, I do want to remind you, we're running out of time. Pride Month is still going on. And you still have an opportunity to help us raise money for homeless LGBT seniors and youth in need. Here's how you can help. Uh, because we've partnered with Ralph's and Food for Less uh, for for Pride Month. Um, so until June is over, you can text the word FRIDGE to 20357 to help Ralph's and Food for Less fill the fridge for the Los Angeles LGBT Center. Uh, everything that you donate right now until the end of June will get doubled. Uh, Ralph's and Food for Less will match your donation. So once again, grab your phone, text the word FRIDGE to 20357 and give back. <sighs> Good to give back, not so good to take, take, take. Kevin Federline feels like a taker. What's popping? Okay, Kevin Federline is a a horrible excuse of a man, and I'm just going to say that. He dragged her in the media. He made her... Britney Spears. Horrible. Yes. Yes. He said just last year that she should stick to being in the conservatorship, that she's not capable of taking care of her children. Now he's coming out saying that he supports her seeking to get out of her con- uh, her conservatorship he wants her to be happy and healthy but he is concerned because if the conservatorship is let go they're going to really find out how much he deserves and how much should be allocated to him and I'm sure he's been skimming off way too much and uh, that's why she's been on lithium I mean li- she says it best she's been the breadwinner she took care of everybody onto her her children her family mm-hmm. and they've been all stealing from her so Kevin it's about to go down no wonder he's concerned they um, don't want they don't want light on this yeah it's they don't at all and I can't believe that uh, it's getting this much attention and I'm so thankful but uh, while he does say it's like he's 43 years old also does he have a job I don't know he doesn't have a social media so you can't like see what he's doing but I don't even think he has a job mm. like yeah. he's just he had Popo Zhao what's that that song that came out like a long time ago that was Popo terrible. Zhao yeah what was it a rap song sounds Greek I, I, I'll see if I can pull it for the next the news on the beat for the next hour um, okay, well, his attorney says that Kevin really has no inside information about what goes on inside of the conservatorship, but obviously if Brittany is in a healthy and good and strong place, that's great. He wants her to be happy and healthy, but he is concerned about the money. Here's what I see. I see a man oh, who is God. maybe heartbroken, probably embarrassed. His ego was bruised many, many, many years ago, and he's found a way to get back at her, and part of that is by saying things like she needs to be reevaluated, so he keeps getting his monthly paycheck. That's what he's doing right now. Um, I don't know, because I feel like he dragged her. I feel like he left her. 
But well, for whatever reason, though. Yeah. You don't just leave somebody for no reason. Yeah. He's hurting about divorce is funny. Up until just. I don't recent- know if he's hurting. Maybe you're right. I have no sympathy. But why for on this earth man. would he be so invested then? It's, uh, is he a father of the year? Is he just because he doesn't want to get a job. He wants part of that sixty million, so he's willing to like know, take care to go, of the two kids. To go that far though, you really have to have some anger towards somebody. There's something there. This is a song. This explains it all. Oh, I remember He's this. not talented. <laughs> Ew. I kind of remember it. I've never heard this. Be 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 thankful. Wow. No, no, Wait, no. What? He was a he's angry because he doesn't have any talent and he doesn't can't get a job. That's why he's angry. Okay, Loki, I kind of like the beat a little bit. <laughs> Maybe, but what is he saying? Sounds like it could be Ying Yang Twins or something. Oh God! All uh, right. Well, listen, he's gonna go after Britney, but he does wish her health and happiness. That's like saying like I wish you like pray. you're in my thoughts and prayers. Yeah, just keep paying me though. Yeah, get over it. All right. Well, it's our <laughs> final week of Pride, and we are talking with Pride House LA coming up in the next hour. Stick around for the new channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat on this final day of Pride. Just remember, though, Pride is 365 days a year here at Channel Q, so not a whole lot's going to change between today and tomorrow, Uh, but it will be July. That will change. Yes. Uh, Coming up this hour, though, speaking of Pride, we've got uh, a couple members of Pride House LA. Uh, One of them, Kent Boyd, was a dancer on So You Think You Can Dance a few years back. He's actually from a town uh, near where I grew up. And so to see him succeeding right now the way he is is really fantastic. Uh, And they're going to be joining us to talk about Pride House House LA and what sort of cool things they're doing. Remember, they're the ones that helped JoJo Siwa come out. Uh, She did a couple of videos with them and sort of launched Pride House LA, which is really cool. Uh, So we've got that coming up in about 12 minutes from right now. Michaela. Yes, honey. Got to say it one more time. I know it's the last day of Pride. This is very on brand for you. But your single, Cry Love, available now on iTunes and wherever you buy music is incredible. It's a Pride anthem. I'm very proud of you. I love Um, you. If you're listening to us right now uh, for the first time, uh, welcome to the show. Michaela's a singer. She was the youngest contestant ever to make top 12 on American Idol in season five, four, 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 season four with Carrie Underwood, uh, who's much, much more famous to be fair, but Michaela's still putting out music people on her pride anthem. Cry love is fire. I love you so much. It's Thank so you. Good. No, literally go to my Instagram right now. Uh, underscore AJ Gibson swipe up on the Insta story. Go buy it. It's 99 cents. She's my friend. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to plug her all day long. Go buy her music. It's really great. It's important to support uh, queer artists, uh, and you are one of the top ones. Thank you, my you love. You and Vincent, both with new music oh, in the same Vincent. week. Oh, yes. Exciting stuff. We love uh, him. Right now, though, not only does she do music, she also does the news. Take it away, Barbara Rogers. I do. Thank you. Well, let's keep it with the gay news. So New Jersey Attorney General Gruel formally apologized on Tuesday during the last week of Pride Month for the state's decades-long efforts to crush LGBTQ bars. The agency systematically targeted gay bars using its liquor licensing division from the time prohibition ended in 1933 to 1967 when a state Supreme Court decision put a stop to the practice. Grohl called those three decades an ugly moment in the history of the New Jersey Attorney General's office. The Garden State will now vacate 126 enforcement actions that either suspended or revoked liquor licenses of establishments that served LGBTQ patrons more than half a century ago in order to right this historical wrong. Records of all the violations are now publicly available through the state's website. Bars faced having their liquor licenses revoked in New Jersey and many other states across the nation for serving people who did not hide their non-conforming gender identity or sexual orientation. 
Now, in other news, a major policy law overhaul is in jeopardy as lawmakers and law enforcement groups remain divided over what the wide-reaching legislation should look like. Last week, bipartisan negotiators for the bill said they'd reach an agreement on its general framework, but the hot-button issue of qualified immunity protections given to police officers in civil court remains unresolved. Additionally, some law enforcement groups have outright said they'd be resistant to any major changes. After blowing past two deadlines, congressional lawmakers say they need to make a decision by August as to whether they can agree on a bill or drop the prospect entirely. All right, let's get into a little weather, shall we? The weather's kind of funky. It's actually raining in Vegas right now, but summer's here and it's queer and it's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 97 in New York today, 81 in LA, just cloudy, 99 in Vegas with light showers. Uh, 108 in Palm Springs, 88 in Houston, and 79 in Kansas City. Now, at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushie or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. Uh, all right, why don't you give us a vibe of the day, bebe? Oh, his mic's not on. Allow yourself to be a beginner. No one starts off being excellent. I think our producer Justin turned my mic off because I got up and walked over to the AC unit and turned it on because I was sweating. Yeah, you got While, while you were live on the air. That's because you were thinking about my song. So hot. Cry love. Go to my Instagram. <laughs> swipe up on the Insta story. Buy the single now. It's 99 cents, people. All right. Listen, we're talking to Pride House LA on the final day of Pri- the final week of Pride, should I say. But day. I will. I but know. let me make it clear, too. Here at Channel Q, it's 365 days. That's what we pride ourselves on. Let's stick around for this great conversation coming up next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. These next two guests bring us a lot of pride for very different reasons. Uh, from Pride House LA, please welcome Molly Gray and Kent Boyd. How are you guys? <laughs> Listen, I've been waiting for this since I found you on TikTok with Todrick, and I was like, oh, I love Todrick. Me too. I love I mean, Todrick. Yeah, from Todrick I- Hall to JoJo Siwa, no big I mean, you guys sort of like came out with a bang. Oh. Yeah. Why yeah. now? Why now? And what's your message? Ooh. Honestly, it's like, why now was just so accidental. Um, we got really popular during the JoJo Siwa video that came out that Kent posted. Kendall I can't believe it. And it was, it was insane because we also didn't know that she had a girlfriend. So we didn't know that it was going to become this like outing of her especially well especially publicly um so I texted her right away and I was like are you okay with everything like are you okay with these accusations like uh, like if you know Jojo she was a young girl queen of Nickelodeon um are you okay with people calling you gay and she honestly was just like this is the best thing um I actually do have a girlfriend I feel so happy to be able to come out with you guys because you have such a good image and it was really really special we've known Jojo since she's a convention kid so we used to teach her so like it's already in the family and like again it was like we got to like set her free and she just kind of you know what I mean like I remember the first time I ever had a boyfriend like you feel like you have like wings in your feet or in like your chest and you can kind of see all of this thing like all the negativity kind of evaporate and she just kind of lit up even shinier than she already is she's like a whole different person it's like you thought she was happy then because of like her energy it's like it's so more genuine now Mm -hmm. like she can't stop smiling she's so happy which then became our pride house mission you know it's not like not to like publicly out people but to like (laughs) if you want to anybody out there you you can come to us we'll choreograph a dance around you Our message is honestly, when we first started Pride House, we weren't thinking it was going to be this major thing. We were just, you know, for COVID people. Or the yeah. pandemic kind of brought us together. Our industry, we're all in the arts industry, as yeah. you guys are. And we were just kind of stressing about what to do. And Molly and Jekka really were on the app first 
brought us all together and we found, you know, yeah. we love. Well, we, and also too, like all three, me, Kent and Garrett did a Disney movie, Team Meets Movie together. And then Jekka and I are married. So we're like, we should start like a group during COVID that's just us. Um, but we can't call it like the Team Beach House. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Because- what do we try? Gay Beach House once. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of different Sex things. on the beach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. Uh, oh, so, yeah, we, we created Pride House and then we were just like, you know, there's so many of these content houses that, and I always say this, no offense to any other content house, but I do see a pattern of just pretty people dancing, you know, mm-hmm. and or taking their shirts off or, you know, like it, it's the nice visual things to see, but we wanted to have those elements, but also a little bit more substance. And we wanted to find our connection to the youth and find our connection to our queer community. So we're yeah, excited. We, needed, to we just needed to have a mission behind the content house. And that was to um, be a safe space for people who don't inclusive. have one. Um, yeah, allies, inclusive welcome. Allies, allies, welcome everyone who just supports uh, the our decisions and realizing that they're not bad, but in fact, they're out of love. And so and we just- get literally every age group, like we have little Evan who's five or six, and then he calls himself um, a girl boy, which is my favorite thing in the whole world. Um, he's this cute little boy who wears dresses and um, his, mother is amazing. his mother is amazing. And then we have people like in their 60s messaging mm-hmm. us saying like you guys gave me the courage to come out yeah which is so crazy like i couldn't imagine living your life that long and then you know finally feeling that freeness so yeah our we definitely have more of a mission than just like posting tiktok videos mm-hmm. and colorful things just saying that you have a mission i think just having an actual roadmap for what you want to accomplish is such a huge deal michaela you probably don't know this but uh i first met kent years ago we grew up about 20 minutes from each other uh, so our coming out journeys, I know we've talked about this, they're kind of similar and it's yeah. not the easiest place, you know, Northwest Ohio to come out. Uh, <laughs> but, but Kent, when you, uh, were first sort of introduced to the world on So You Think You Can Dance all those years ago, I remember, uh, Nigel always talking about, and I love him, I love him dearly, but always talking about being masculine when you dance yes. and men never dancing with men and always carrying a certain persona. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. has the industry changed, uh, in your time out here in Hollywood? Yeah, I think, I mean, just kind of thinking about like uh, the dance community and how we even like um, put people into categories based off their gender or assign specific shapes and and things to gender. I mean, we were, me and Jekka were having this conversation yesterday about like crossing your legs and how this is considered a feminine position and crossing your legs like this and then like it's a masculine thing. And I think it's just, it's interesting. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we're fighting the system and the system works. I'm very grateful for the system. It's very large and that wall is very strong, which is important, but that wall has to change and flow and we have to allow new things to grow and we have to be more accepting. I just, I get so sad when people aren't allowing other people to do what they wish, especially when their intentions are so pure. So I think within the industry, uh, TikTok and things like this, where we have the power with our phones and the connections to our fans, we can shape it. And then therefore we can inevitably change the larger wall to kind of suit more towards the, the minorities or the people of color or the people who need that light to share and to spread because representation is important. Yeah. And I also think that was really good. Thanks. That was good. Wow. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was awesome. Um, also too, I know specifically with like commercial dance, I know like my husband, so my husband, Jekka, he's transgender and he just came out about two years ago, which is really epic. So he was, um, presenting as female for a very long time. And he was a dancer in the industry, but he didn't really have a place like everywhere they wanted females and heels. Yeah, that what were you talking about AJ? Yeah. Like where, where would, and then Jekka is literally like 
living the, proof. Yeah. And then, um, and then men have to have their shirt off. Well, mm-hmm. Jekyll was in this weird limbo of like, I'm not going to wear heels and I can't take my shirt off. Then he transitioned and felt a little bit more comfortable. And it was Ariana Grande who mm-hmm. he dances with that made the, that made the leap. And yeah. thank you to Brian and Scott, um, her choreographers, Nicholson, who uh, literally gave Jekka a place. And before he even came out as transgender, he had just got top surgery and they put him in an all female cast of God is a woman. And they're like, we want uh, to represent this type of woman essentially. And it really gave him the confidence. So I do think, yeah, I do think it's like the industry is changing by powerful people who yes. use their voice for good. Correct. And I do think that she's an artist that does. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to kind mm-hmm. of emulate as well. Mm-hmm. We want to mm-hmm. be those powerful voices Absolutely. for that generation coming up and even Absolutely. maybe older ones. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't ever want to forget about our older generation and the, and their views and their values. They're so important and they've gotten us so far, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to stretch people just so when we get old as well, which we are because we're getting don't old every day. <laughs> we're getting old every day. I just turned 30, which I, I get it. it's a little bit older but give me my years but like people I, are always like are you 19 and, yeah and i'm like no we're we're a little bit older i just had an audition for a 17 year old yesterday so come on queen i just had an audition for i gotta go get botox tomorrow because i'm in my 30s so thank you for <laughs> go check out their uh, their merch go follow pride house la on instagram tiktok all of their socials molly it was so wonderful to meet you for the first time Ken, thank you. i am just i will tell you this uh, from, one of the, from one of the now elders in the community, I think. Um, I'm just so proud of the man you've grown into. And I, I know what you come from. And to see who you are today is just, it's just an honor to be speaking with you. So keep doing what you're doing. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs> see you soon. Coming up, we continue our conversation uh, during Pride for Red, White, and Q with Samuel Garrett Pate on California, cutting out anti-trans states and the crazy things that are being said next. Tell me something good. Welcome back to the morning beat. It's time to uh, tell you something good. Michaela, I want you to tell our listeners what you just told me, what your friend posted on social media, because that was good. Oh my God, it's so good. Okay, well, you and I don't have kids yet, and we're just, we're waiting to have kids. We'll have them at some point, but a friend just posted, my kids are really not going to have nobody to play with. All my friends' kids are already 27. (laughs) That's so true. Listen, when you're a member of the community, having a family takes a little more time, a little more planning, a little more resources. I'm 40 years old. I'm not a dad yet, but I plan to be someday. I was just telling Michaela off air that a girl I went to school with, her kid just graduated college. She had a kid in, I think, junior high, actually. And I have a lot of friends whose kids are going to college now. And I'm like, hi, I'm 40. I'm still going out to dinner on, on, on Tuesday nights with my friends and family and, and going out to, you know, my friends are my family, and going to Denver Prides over the weekend. That's what yeah, I'm doing with my free that's time. that's what you're doing. Same. I have, I have a seven-month-old puppy yeah. that is like a son. My job is just going on stage to impress you on in Denver. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And you did. All right, here's Thank your you. here's your tell me something good. A simple blood clot or blood test. Uh, that can detect 50 different types of cancer is now accurate enough to be officially rolled out. Cancer screenings can be complicated. The science and technology have have lacked over the years, um, but not anymore. Researchers have been working on this for many years. Uh, Reporting uh, on a large study released in March of 2020, apparently uh, we could achieve earlier detection for just half of cancer patients. We could save a million lives every single year worldwide. A million Millions, actually. Millions. millions multiple. Um, this is aimed at individuals 50 or older, but it's uh, developed by the U.S. Uh, biotech company called Grail, uh, such as the Holy Grail, perhaps. Maybe they found it. They yeah. found a way to track your DNA and see how small leaks of your DNA have been altered uh, to, like, 
find tumors in the bloodstream and other things that are going on as far as cancer. Uh, pancreatic cancer were detected with 63% accuracy at stage one. That's a big deal. Oftentimes, pan- pancreatic cancer might not catch it till it's a little bit later on. So this could, this could save literally millions of lives. Absolutely. Well, listen, we've had an incredible show for you as we're rounding out this week for Pride. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thank you to our amazing guests. We have a great show for you tomorrow. So take care of yourselves, and we'll see you then. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 